0: I'm grateful to all who are listening today, and I pray that God will speak to your hearts in this broadcast. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn about our work to make Christ known among the nations, go to traincpe.org. And to discover more about this radio ministry and our fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We're introducing a series offered years ago on the lives of the Twelve Apostles. I pray what comes to you next will be attended by the voice of God's Spirit. A quick review of the life of Judas Iscariot is now in order. Listen to these main points. Judas started well. He, like the other twelve, left all to follow Jesus. But then you'll find in John chapter 10 that Judas began to turn away in his heart from Jesus the day the crowds began to reject Jesus because they were not willing to receive him as their all, as their bread of life. Eventually, Judas, the treasure for Jesus and the twelve, began to steal from the purse, and that is what he was doing at the time he protested the expensive perfume that Mary, Lazarus' sister, poured out over Jesus. Remember, at that time he said, Lord, this is a waste. This perfume could have been sold and given to the poor. The other disciples agreed with Judas at that time. Next, when Judas betrayed Jesus in the garden, we are told that he kissed Jesus fervidly. That is, he kissed Jesus with tender affection, and he said to Jesus repeatedly, Master, O Master. The last point I want you to note is this. Eventually, Judas betrayed Christ and hung himself in shame for his sin. Now let's ask this question. Am I at all like Judas? And if I am, how? And in my identification with Judas, how far should I go? We learn from Judas that our eyes must be on Christ and not on the crowds. It seems clear in the life of Judas, according to John chapter 6, verse 64, that the day of turning, the beginning of the rising of unbelief that began to grow in Judas and ultimately led to his betrayal, was the day when all the crowds began to leave Jesus. When the people began to wander away from Christ, Peter's eyes were still fixed on Jesus Christ. He said, Lord, who else can we have but you? Where else can we go but you? But Judas' eyes were giving a backward glance to those who were departing. And he began to wonder if maybe the crowd was right. Folks, listen to me. The crowd is never right. Right and truth in our lives is never discovered by the acquiescence or vote of the crowd. Right and truth is discovered only when the individual meets the Savior. The question, the real question of importance that we must ask is not who do the people say Jesus is? What are the people doing with Jesus Christ? It's who do I say that He is? And what am I doing with His life and His person? Judas made the mistake that somehow investing too much or believing too much in the integrity of the multitudes instead of believing in the integrity of the Messiah. He turned his eyes to the crowd instead of keeping his eyes fixed upon the Christ. Now the third lesson is a lesson that we learn in the betrayal of Jesus Christ. And the question that we must ask in order to learn this lesson is simply ask this question. Why did Judas betray Jesus. I don't think we'll ever totally know this thing. It's a complicated question to ask and people are complicated people and obviously Judas was a very complicated individual. There are basically two suggestions that are given for why Judas betrayed Christ. One of them is this. We are told that Judas betrayed Christ because he was disillusioned by Christ's failure to take action to make himself king. That's what we are learning. He was disillusioned that Christ was not doing what he thought Christ ought to do. Some have suggested that Judas decided that it wasn't going to turn out as he hoped and so he sought to salvage the situation and make the best of his disappointment and therefore betray him. Others have suggested that Judas still believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah but he was attempting by this betrayal to force Christ's hand in order that Christ would reveal himself and declare himself to be the king. And so what Judas was trying to do was put Jesus in a situation, in a circumstance, where he would make it known that he was king, and he would have to stand forward and take the right step. And Judas was actually doing God a favor here and working it out. One says he was trying to make the best of a bad situation that he knew was going to get worse. The other said the situation isn't going the way it ought to go. It looks like it's getting worse. I'm going to make it better. He didn't like the way God was working things out, and so he did what he did. That's basically the reason given, and maybe, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe what Judas thought was, I'm going to be the wise guy here. I'm going to play the right hand here. Look, this is what's going to happen. I'm at least going to be the guy who puts the chain of events into motion that makes him reveal himself. Neither way, I'll play the wise hand while the rest of the disciples don't know what to do. I'm the one who really is the smart one in a bunch. And so this is one of the reasons given for why Judas might have betrayed Jesus. But the second reason is this. John tells us that Judas loved money. That basically, he protested the wasted anointing of Jesus by Mary with religious and moral statements. But all these religious and moral statements, all this could have been given to the poor, was masking a larcenous, thieving heart. And that's why he betrayed Jesus. Basically, simply because Judas was just a thief. That's all. That's the simple version. Well, here's the question we have to ask. The question is this. Are we like Judas? Are we like Judas? Could we have ever departed from our faith and faithful servant of Christ because we don't think that God is taking us in the right direction? Have we ever become impatient with God and sought to force His hand? Lord, I don't like the place you've put me in. I don't like this relationship. I don't like this position. I don't like this obligation I'm under. I'm going to take measures in my own hand and see what I can make of my situation. I can't wait any longer for you to work things through. I'll take razors in my own hand. I'll, I'll break off this relationship. I'll make this purchase. I'll take this position. I'll ignore your word or your counsel or your spirit's leading. I'll marry him or her even though she's not a believer. I'll compromise with my convictions about what I had to do in this matter here. I'll take a shortcut to reach this objective. God, you're just not working things out the way you should. Folks, I can't give you any specifics, but I suppose that all of us can fall or have fallen where Judas fell, that we get tired of waiting on God and decide to act on our own and we get out ahead of God and we tell ourselves that we're doing it for Him but we can't be doing it for Him when we're doing it without Him and when we're doing it against express commands and His warnings. Are we like Judas? He protested with religious sanctimony, the service of Mary, the sister of Lazarus, when she anointed Jesus' feet. But John said, this he did not because he cared for the poor but because he was a thief. And at that moment, No one suspected that Judas' motives were impure. In fact, the rest of the disciples, yeah, yeah, that's not right. That was a waste. He looked the part of one who had the true concern. Maybe he even looked the part to himself. He used religion as a cloak to gain something for himself. Are we like Judas? There are conditions in our own hearts that we can hardly identify. Listen to this. Conditions that color our judgments. We love the praise and honor of men. We love comfort. We love ease. We love to be well thought of, even when we know we are sinning and breaking God's will for our lives. We can speak with an almost holy zeal in defense of an attitude or action that we're engaged in. We will champion a cause or an issue with moral bombast, and all the while be hiding behind our bombast a thieving heart. We will loudly point to criticize the failure of someone there or there or there and attempt to hide and distract people from the attention that is here and here and here in our hands, in our hearts, in our minds because they're not right with God. We have, all of us, a flesh that loves power, that loves influence, that loves praise. A man can pray and act holy and chaste and even humble, but all the while, He can do it because he knows that this behavior will gain for him a coveted identity as a righteous person. And then under this identity, he cloaks and hides ongoing acts of disobedience from others and even from himself. He steals from God his all and pretends to be giving his all to him. But when we act this way, we act no differently than Judas we are almost Judas. No, we say we're not like Judas. We're not cold and calculating like him. Yes, we sin. Yes, we hold back from God at times and we don't let people know it and we pretend to be holy and good, but we love Jesus and we have an affection for him and we call him Master, O oh Master, and we kiss him tenderly. Do you see? We may betray our Lord even with tender affection and kisses Even when we feel we still love him, because emotions aren't enough. Actions tell the whole of love. Actions do. Listen to Judas. Judas awoke to his sin. He realized what he had done. He confessed his sin. He said, I have sinned against and betrayed innocent blood. He was filled with remorse. He threw back the gains that he had gained because of his rejection and because of his petty thievery. He threw back all the advantages he had once thought in betraying Christ. Let me ask you something. Have you gone as far as Judas? Have you recognized the acts, the petty acts of larceny and betrayal in your own life? You say, wait, come on, Joel. Not me. Hey, look. Don't come on. Let's not go this far. I'm not like Judas. I'm not a betrayer. And my question is this. Are you more circumspect than the other 11 disciples? You remember when Jesus said, one of you among me is the betrayer? They didn't say, must be Judas. They said, Lord, is it me? They talked among themselves, it said, and discussed it. They said, well, you know, maybe, could I have done this? Could I be the one? You know, I have felt this way, and I have thought this way. And the, the 11 thought could be me. And Judas knew it. At some point, Judas said, it's me. I have betrayed. I have offended innocent blood. I think it's important here, folks. I think it's important that we go this far with Judas. First, we have to be willing to identify ourselves with him. Second, we have to be going as far as Judas went. We have to confess. that we betray Christ that we pretend to be righteous and holy and we put on religious airs all the while we know we're stealing from God we know he's put his finger on the area of our life and we've not given it to him at times we know we're seeking to force his hand and go our own way Judas saw a sin against Christ but he did not see Christ as His savior and so Judas embraced his own judgment against himself And he threw himself into suicide when he could have thrown himself in the arms of the Savior. Judas' final act of betrayal was not against the Lord. It was a betrayal against himself. Because he confessed, but he would not cast himself on Jesus. He would not believe that the innocent blood of Jesus could make him clean. He remembered all the woes that Christ pronounced against his sin, but he forgot all the comes that Jesus offered to the sinner. Remember Jesus said, Whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And Jesus said to Judas, This truth, but Judas would not believe it. Jesus said, I am the bread and water of life. Judas, eat of me, drink of me. But Judas would not partake of him for his life. And this is where our comparison with Judas needs to end. Let's go this far with Judas, but then let's stop. Let's have it in here. Let faith take the place now. Let faith take us in another direction. Let faith bring us to the end of the comparison. Let faith help us see our sins, but then let faith guide us to see our Savior with arms open wide. Faith confesses sin, but then faith embraces the Savior faith takes cleansing faith takes washing faith takes new life from jesus so that we who were almost judas can be all of jesus christ this has been the bread of life a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the bread of life fellowship in boise idaho we are at work to take this gospel to the ends of the earth and we need your prayers and your support to learn more go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org until the next time May God bless you.